Um, yes, God bless the school that D.L. Moody founded. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. We want to set it aside and look at your word. We ask you to speak to us. Uh, push me out of the way so that you can say what you want to say. And I pray that this is an encouraging time for fathers and that we'd see your heart too in, in all these things. In Christ's name, amen. Um, as you can see, I have my children back with me. Uh, that's my Father's Day gift to myself. I just want you to know that. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I, I surprised them uh, because they were going to come back sometime this week. And I thought, I, I can't wait any longer. I'm going down there, you know, and, and they're in Peoria, Illinois. And so I drove down and I got there Friday and uh, they didn't know I was coming, you know. So I, I surprised them. I pulled into the driveway and they're running outside, you know, to see me. And uh, it was, I mean, it was a gift. Uh, it was such a gift. Derek, I brought some gifts back from Africa, you know, for them. And Derek says, uh, Dad, you're the gift. You're the gift. And, uh, you know, and uh, Brayden had tears. You know, Brayden had tears, that which, which just, you know, and Caitlin, Caitlin just wanted to be held, you know. So I just, I just held Caitlin, and uh, it was a good day. Let me tell you, Friday was a good day. Um, so anyway, not going to get emotional. I'm going to keep going here. Uh, so happy to have them back. My mother-in-law is also helping me out here at home. Um, I'll be cooking and cleaning for her. And uh, no, wait, the other way around. Other way around. That's that's what's going on. <laughs> it's that way. <laughs> She'll be blessing me with uh, some wonderful meals and cooking. And I understand that you all have, a lot of you have blessed us as well with a lot of the work that's been done to the house. Uh, so I wanted to thank you for that. Um, it's looking amazing. Uh, some of you know we're remodeling a room to be our master bedroom. There's landscaping done outside. Someone knew that I loved red mulch and put that out there. I mean, it's just, it's just gorgeous. So thank you. I can't thank you enough. I mean, it's, it's overwhelming when I think about it too long. So um, thank you. Thank you. Now I'm going to keep going. All right. <laughs> Would you turn to Mark chapter 5? Uh, I get all nervous when I talk about how you've blessed us. You know, I just kind of feel like a little awkward there. It's, it's overwhelming the love that we felt. And Christy called this morning and she said, you tell the church, I, I, you know, I didn't say hi from her last week, but she's like, you tell them this week. I said hi and I miss them. And so Christy misses you and she says, Hello. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. If you're in a pew Bible, uh, that's around page 702. We should probably start in verse 21. Here we go. Uh, When Jesus had again crossed over by, uh, by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she had been freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? 
You see the people crowding against you? The disciples answered. And yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they had said, Jesus told him, don't, don't be afraid, just believe. And we'll stop there for a minute. Um, I want to focus on Jairus this morning. I want to focus on Jairus. There are times in a father's life where th- there, there's moments where your character is on full display. You know, when, when, when I mean, I, I, we don't know anything else about Jairus, right? He's a synagogue ruler. Uh, sometimes synagogue rulers were laymen, and, and they were in charge of making, you know, the order of what's happening during the day at the synagogue. Prayers, scripture readings, they're in charge of what's happening in the synagogue, the, the place where people come to worship. Sometimes these guys were Pharisees that were the rulers of the synagogue. We're not sure. We, we just don't know a lot about Jairus. We only know that he had a very important position in the synagogue. And you think about it, you know, this guy has a life. He has a child, a daughter, and a lot of you know how it's going to end. It ends well for the daughter. A lot of you know this story, okay? She doesn't stay dead, and we're going to read that in a second. But, but out of all the things that could be written about Jairus, we have this much about him. This is what we know. This is what he said. This is the kind of father that he is. And as I'm reading this, it just struck me that, that there are moments that I can remember my father doing something or saying something and, it, and it, it just sticks with you. It just sticks with me. You know, I have the privilege often of, um, and I consider it a high privilege and a high honor, to sit down with people when a loved one has passed away. And so I sit down with the family members and they talk about dad. They talk about the kind of man that he was, the kind of man that he is. And often I hear one or two kinds of things. I hear a lot of the normal, everyday, ordinary moments. You know, I ask them, would you talk to me about him? I want to see him through your eyes. I knew him this way, but I want to see him as, as, as one of his children would have seen him. And I hear the, the, the very common, everyday moments. I hear the stories about, you know, I hear what he smelled like when he came in from hunting. I hear... Uh, the prayers that he prayed at night, his Bible open and him sitting in the chair reading the scriptures. I hear these kind of just everyday things, but then I hear something else sometimes. I hear moments that stand out that were so definitive of who, what kind of man this was. In other words, they'd say, they'd say things like, we didn't always see dad do this, but there was this one time. There was this one time when, when he said this to us. When he did this for us. There was this time when I was in the hospital and dad was there and he never left. You know what I mean? There's these these events that stick out in our minds and they define how we think about him. And I think for Jairus, this is one of those moments. And even though the daughter wasn't there to see it, the scriptures record it. 
And I'm sure Jairus told the story. Let me tell you, daughter, what happened. I can't wait to tell you how this whole thing worked out. And when she heard her dad tell the story, these are the things she knew that were true about her father, her daddy. I want to talk about four things that she knew to be true about him. The first one. Her dad, verse 22, fell to Jesus' feet. Look at 22 again. One of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. When he saw Jesus, he fell to his feet. Uh, This is an important guy, okay? This is a guy that's in charge of religious worship. This is is an important guy. And, And yet he sees Jesus and boom, he's down at his feet. This little girl knew her daddy was a man of humility. I mean, I don't know if he was a Pharisee or not. He could have been a layman. He could have been a Pharisee. But let's say he might have been a Pharisee. You know how the Pharisees treated Jesus, right? Like like preachers love telling stories about Pharisees. They're like the bad guys in the Bible, right? You don't want to be a Pharisee. Um, (laughs) They're always coming to Jesus with questions, and they're tricky questions, and they're plotting to kill Jesus. The Pharisees, you know? (laughs) And uh, this guy, though, this guy comes... And he falls at Jesus. He doesn't talk to Jesus as an equal. Please help me. My daughter's dying and I hear you're a miracle worker. No. He, he, he falls down in an act of humility and reverence for Jesus Christ. There is something incredibly powerful about a man who is humble. About a powerful man who is humble. <laughs> there, there's something amazing you know, I mean, I'm like a lot of you, right? I mean, when you grow up, you, you think dad can do anything. Dad's like Superman, right? I mean, he is. My dad knows everything. My dad can do everything. He, 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 I, don't know, I don't know his limits. When I'm a little boy, my dad has no limits. And when you see this man who, who was so intelligent and so strong... And so humble. It just, it just shakes you to your core. Because, because you know what the world is like. And we read the Bible, how many Pharisees came to Jesus in a prideful way. Jesus, you know, answer the question, right? Who sh- is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Tell us, you know. We're the Pharisees. Um, right? I mean, this is the way they came. But when you see men who are intelligent, who are strong who we admire in so many ways and we see the world and we see how people who are intelligent and strong act. We see them on our reality shows, right? We see how they're like, give me the glory, give me the accolades, look at me, praise me. But when we see our dads not seek that, oh man, when we see the humility in our men, I mean, some of you dads, you just, you just don't brag about yourself. My dad was like that. I would be going, I would be, my dad was a runner, okay? I mean, he ran in high school. He ran, he ran for Bradley University. They paid him to run. You know, I mean, he, he was fast. He was fast. And uh, I remember going on runs with my dad in high school. I could never run as fast as him on my best day. It just never, never could happen. I could never go as far, you know. One time he took me on a run, it was like six miles, you know. And I was like so winded. And I was like, how far was that? Six. You want to go a couple more, you know? And I'm like, uh, and uh, 
you know, that's my dad. But one time I'm running with him and he's nonchalantly, he's like telling me a story about something and about some record that he broke in high school and then, and then where he ranked on, on, uh, uh, on the national rankings on, for high schoolers in the marathon. He's telling me where he placed, you know, and it was just like, wait a minute, you're telling me you're that fast and you never told me and now I'm like 16, 17 years old? I could have left home and not even heard this story, you know? That's my dad. He just didn't talk about himself a lot. So when he did say something about himself, you were like, listen up, you know? I mean, who knows what he's done that I have no clue about? Um, and yet, it's almost more powerful to know that he doesn't care to tell everyone. You know, he walks into a room, he won't talk about himself. It just never happens. Uh, a lot of you men are so, so great at so many things and your kids admire you for so many things. And your humility just puts the exclamation point on those things. It, it, it's amazing. Jairus falling at the feet of Jesus. Secondly, look at verse 23. By the way, when men show humility, just one more thing about humility. Jesus, being by his very nature God, Philippians 2, didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, right? That's humility. You're God, and you step down here, dads. I mean, when you show Christ like that, there's just nothing like it. Anyway, I've said enough about humility. Uh, It's so powerful. Secondly, verse 23. Uh, he pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter's dying. Please come and put your hands on her so she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Number two, this little girl knew my daddy pleaded with Jesus for my life. My dad pleaded with Jesus. He is a man of prayer. He's a man of prayer. Jairus. Ruler of the synagogue, right? I mean, he could have organized the whole prayer meeting for his daughter, right? I mean, this guy's he's about prayer. you you, you got to understand that. That was his job. Let's make sure the prayers are happening when they're supposed to. If I'm in charge of this. And so, I know this guy prayed. I know he did. And on that day, he recognized that Jesus is the one he should be speaking directly to. He rightly took his prayer request to the physical presence of God on earth. I mean, God would have surely heard his prayers as he lifted them up in the synagogue. But he went to Jesus and pleaded. And this is what we do when we pray for our kids. We're laying our requests at the feet of Jesus. I don't know how many kids are in here as far as if you're with your parents today or not, but... Let me tell you, just, just you kids for a second. You know, you young people. Maybe you're 20-something, 30-something. Maybe you're far from God, and yet you're here because Dad wanted you to be here. It's Father's Day. I just want you to know, if your dad wanted you to be here because it's Father's Day, you better believe he's praying for you too. You better believe that wherever you're at spiritually, your dad cares deeply about that. If he wanted you here, he's been praying. He's been praying. I'm so thankful for the men in my life. My grandfather, my father. I mean, they are men of prayer. They, 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 just, they just pray so much. And, and I, they tell me that. I feel it. Um, 
I'm just so thankful for you men. You know, I remember, I remember one time I was in a leadership group in, um, in Watoma, a bunch of us guys studying leadership, and we'd take prayer requests every Saturday morning together. And I'm telling you, 90% of those requests were for children. And of the 90%, at least half of those were for children who have walked away from the faith. I mean, us dads carry burdens. And rightly so, we give them to God the Father who wants to draw people to Himself and bring some wayward sheep back. Dads, I mean, kids, kids, even if you're not wayward, even if you are following Christ, kids, sometime today, thank your dad for praying. You know, because he's thinking about you. He's lifting you up. Thirdly, verse 25 You might have thought, why did the pastor read this part? (laughs) A woman was there had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, right? Okay, so she comes up, touches Jesus. She gets healed. Jesus says, who touched me? What's up with this? I mean, this is Jairus' story, right? This this is his time. His daughter's dying. Bleeding, dying. I mean, dying. (laughs) Help the girl. (laughs) Ah. This little girl knew her dad had to wait while Jesus helped other people. I mean, I'm sorry. If I'm Jairus and I'm there, I'm going, Jesus, come on. We got to go. You don't understand how close it is. And yet Jesus stops, right? He stops. Who touched me? You know? Well, first of all, that's not a good thing to hear, right? From the guy that's supposed to heal your daughter. Who, Who did that? You know, who touched me? You know, I'm not saying Jesus looked like he was bumbling around, but, but the Son of God asked, who touched me? Now you can go home and you dads can ask your family the question. Pretend you know the answer, like I'll pretend to know the answer. Was Jesus just all-knowing and he just wanted her to step out? Or was he limited in knowledge at that time because he'd stepped down to earth and he really didn't have that information in his brain? I don't know! There, I said it. I don't know. I don't know. Um... But, but you could talk about that at the dinner table today over your Father's Day dinner. Um, did Jesus know? Or, and he just wanted to step out, or did he really not know? Because he was limited by a human brain when he stepped down to earth as God himself. There it is. 100% God, though, and 100% man, just so we're clear. Just so we're clear. Um, so Jairus, number three, is a man of patience. He's a man of patience. We're not recorded any words that he said during this time. We didn't see him waving his hand. And what about me? You know, maybe the, maybe if he did, the writer didn't include it. I don't know. But but we've got him just waiting while Jesus is doing other things. There's something, you know, this is one of those things where uh, I hope that when I die and my kids are thinking about all the, the ordinary things and all the time dad blew up at them, you know, I hope they remember a few times when I should have blown up, but I didn't. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> drove home my, my parents' car with a dent in it. I didn't put the dent there. Somebody else did. But I was sure my dad was going to chew me out. I was sure of it. I walked in there sheepish, you know. Put the keys on the couch. I, I, can, I, can I can even see where I was standing. You know, I was 17 years, 18 years old. Put the keys up there. Told my dad. You know, <laughs> ready? My dad says, the Lord wants to wreck his car. He can wreck it. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. 
I didn't say Jesus was driving. I said I was driving. I was driving. <laughs> um, there's those moments. There's those moments where dad is patient. <laughs> I'm not saying my dad was always blown up, by the way, either. He wasn't like that. He wasn't that kind of man. I didn't live in fear of him like that. But you know men. <laughs> you, you mess with your dad and there, you could get some wrath. He's dad. Um, I think we all got that, right? We all got that going. But there's those times when I expected this and instead I got that. And, and the that was incredibly spirit-filled, full of grace. Uh, and, and you're just like, who is this guy? This is a guy controlled by the Spirit. I mean, us, us men, patience. Woo. I mean, sometimes for me, I remember I, I got kids at Pizza Hut, right? And I ordered drinks. And I got this big glass of soda. I mean, you know Pizza Hut has the biggest glasses of soda. You know what I'm talking about. They're huge. And they put this thing in front of me. And, and I forget which kid it was. I think it was Brayden, right? He's just a little baby. He doesn't even know. You know, he's a little ba- little kid. Reaches up, boom, knocks that over. Knocks that big cup over. And uh, waitress comes by and, uh, oh, I'll clean that up. She cleans it all up. Brings me another soda. Boom, he knocks that soda over. <laughs> like, <laughs> patience. There's something incredibly powerful when men show... Uh, Godly patience. Because we know God's looking at us, right? And He sees what we do. I saw what you did Wednesday. And I'm sure God's going, I wish I could just go, you know, you're the pastor, you know? You should know better. Um, and yet, He's like, I'm going to be patient. And us us fathers, when we do that, I think it's just incredible to our kids. And, and, and they'll go... And, and when my dad's dead and gone, I'll be thinking about that story when he should have chewed me out or could have chewed me out. And he said, well, God wants to wreck his car. Um, patience. Okay. Finally, lastly, um, look at verse 36. Uh, they just came and said, your daughter is dead. It's, it's over. This is it. You know, he was, Jesus was too busy with everybody else. She's gone. Don't bother him anymore. Verse 36, overhearing what they just said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Just believe. Number four, her dad believed what Jesus said. She knew her dad believed. Her dad believed. Her dad was a man of faith. Fourthly, a man of faith. I mean, there's no, I mean, I've said a lot of great things about dads, right? Patience, humility. I mean, these are amazing qualities that they stand out to children. But faith. Got your Bible open, reading it in the day, in the morning. The prayers that you pray. The belief when families going through hard times and you've got a word for them from the scriptures to read to them. Faith. When you say God promises this, I know life really stinks right now, but this is God promised this. He's with you. I mean, when, when men show their faith in those sorts of ways, it is, it is wonderful. It is powerful. This man was a man of faith. I want to finish the story before we um, end here. Uh, so here's how it all turns out. Verse 37, Jesus didn't let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John the brother of James, when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw the commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. 
he went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child's not dead, but asleep. And they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went into where the child was. He took her by the hand and said, Talitha kum, which means, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told him to give her something to eat because death gives you quite an appetite. Um, <laughs> Talitha kum, little girl, get up. Um, so maybe you're here this morning, child or father or mother or whoever. Maybe you're here on Mother's Day and you said, man, I don't deserve half of those things said to me that that pastor said this morning. <laughs> I only see failure, 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 failure. Um, the point of the story is not just about a good dad. The point of the story is Jesus gives life. He gives new life. When Jesus says, get up, rise, He gives you life. And some of you don't know that, you know? Some of you can only see the list of your failures. I did this, I failed my marriage this way, I did this to my children. I mean, you just got a list. We call that sin. And for some of you, the word you need to hear is, get up, rise. I'm giving you new life. See, Jesus came not just to heal people, not just to teach people. He came to give life by giving his body on the cross to pay for your sins and my sin. That's what he came to do. So if you've never accepted that forgiveness, I don't want you to walk out of here going, some people really are worth looking up to and admiring. That's not me. No, no. Jesus wants to transform you. He wants to transform you and give you new life. So, I want to give you a chance to respond if you'd like to. If, we would, if you could close your eyes and bow your heads. And if you're here this morning and you say, you know what? I need that new life. I need forgiveness I've never asked Jesus to deal with my sin. I've never said I was going to follow Him. But this morning I see it, and I want it. I want Jesus to transform me into a, a person of patience and humility. All these amazing things, this faith. I want that. You can't have it unless you believe in Jesus first. And then He starts to transform you slowly but surely into who He wants you to be. So if that's you and you want to receive that forgiveness this morning... Would you look up at me and make eye contact with me and we will pray together. If that's you. If that's you. Yes. Anyone else? Okay. Okay. I think I see about seven. Okay. So here's what I want to do. I just want to pray a prayer. And if this is your heart, you can pray this in your heart. You know, I don't teach people a magical prayer. There's no magical words. It's, it's do you believe this or not? Are you committing yourself to Christ or not? But I want to help lead you in that. Let's pray. Jesus, I have so many failures, so many sins. And yet I believe what your Bible says Jesus, that you came to die on a cross to pay for all of them, to forgive me. Please, change my life. 
Save me and help me follow you. I'm giving my life to you today. So please transform me into the person that you want me to be. Help me follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, If you prayed that prayer...